0: It's a Show is recorded in front of a live studio audience.
1: Welcome to the It's a Show podcast where we talk about interesting people, places, and things, and we interview some incredible people. And this week is no exception, Paul Derry, part two, the sequel...
2: Three times, actually, that Bobby was going to kill me. It was so stressful that when they were trying to tape the probes on my chest, the tape wouldn't stick because I was sweating so bad. It took them a good hour just to get me wired up to go to this meet.
1: Paul Derry, the author of Treacherous and the new book, Inside a Police Informant's Mind. You ready? Let her rip.
0: Hi, it's Parker from Parker Thompson Racing. You're listening to It's a Show podcast, proudly presented by Open Highway Gu- Oh, my gosh okay one two three proudly presented by openhighway.com
1: plus a visit with parker thompson from parker thompson racing we're going to catch up if that weren't enough ladies and gentlemen this episode will feature a visit from the one and only
3: Hi, this is Spandy Andy.
4: What I like about you is you don't know how good you are.
3: By having haters, it shows that I'm doing the right thing still. I find that the power of positivity is so much greater than negativity. And if you're happy and celebrating, you have energy. So I find my positive energy can actually really defeat any negative right away. There's no way to battle happiness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's a show.
1: And now, the artist formerly known as Ken Adams, also known to you as G-Fark and the executive producer of this little podcast, G-Fark.
5: I am back, Greg. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a privilege to be here.
1: Tell us what you really think. Come on.
5: Well, you know, I was just <laughs> off to I was just off to the gym, but you know, I thought that there was something really important that we should share with everybody.
1: Okay, so that, this this is big breaking news because last time you were on, you are telling us about Tangerine Bank, which is an incredible bank that you've been using for years and paying no service charges. And there's also a little offer if you have the referral key where you can get $50 just for signing up for an account.
5: That is correct. Absolutely. And uh, as we went into, and if you missed last week's episode, I would greatly recommend you go back and listen to it because there's, it'll make you $50 if you listen to that episode. So I would do that. But the follow-up to it is that J.D. Power Associates just came out with their 2016 Canadian Retail Banking Satisfaction Survey. Guess what, Greg?
1: Tangerine Bank is the number one bank in the world.
5: Close. You're actually close. It's actually in Canada because they're a Canadian bank. So that's basically where the uh, purview of their survey was. The fact of the matter is they uh, ranked higher than all the big five banks in Canada. Also, all the mid-tier banks in Canada. So what that means is you're not only going to be banking with a bank that's going to be charging you no fees and paying you higher interest rates than you'll get anywhere else, but it's also ranked highest in Canada as the best overall customer satisfaction-giving bank in the Canadian universe of banking, which is awesome.
1: And... With this offer that we kind of stumbled upon, or you stumbled upon, $50 goes into your bank account, and $50 goes into our It's a Show podcast bank account as kind of an unofficial crowdfunding initiative. Every time you sign up for an account, or your friends and family do, at the Tangerine Bank, and you have the referral key, which we will give to you easily, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, just by emailing us, correct?
5: That is correct, Greg. And all they have to do, it's a show podcast at gmail.com.
1: What is in the subject line again?
5: Tangerine mean referral, please.
1: Very polite because we're Canadian. And you know, exactly. I just want to tell the good folks out there, we've known each other for hundreds of years. And when I was a kid, I remember driving with your family in the back of your station wagon. And we went to the movies uh, because you guys were frugal and we were all frugal. And they had a theater at the U of S campus, Place Riel Theater, which was so cool. <laughs> and we go to the movies. I remember going to see Peter Sellers and being there. <sighs> And we used to listen to CBC all the way. And it was actually your dad that turned me on to CBC, public radio in Canada. I listen all the time. I'm a huge fan.
5: I'm going to pass that along to him, Greg, because I know that'll make him happy.
1: And the reason I'm really bringing it up is because today, when I was on the way to do this uh, exchange with you, this verbal exchange on the It's the Show podcast, brought to you by the Jackpot <laughs> Casino and beautiful downtown Red Deer, and of course, openhighway.com. That's openhwy.com. Is I was listening to CBC, and they had this crazy story about a cat burglar that was actually a cat in. New Zealand that is stealing men's underpants, and (laughs) it's brought... It's brought home, I just listened to the story a couple of minutes ago. It brought home so far 30 pairs of the same type of striped male underpants and deposits them in. And it's a lady who owns the cat. It's an all lady house. The New Zealand ladies on there and saying, yes, and 30 pairs of underpants. You'd think someone would notice. And so they still haven't solved this mystery, but now it hit Facebook and it's gone viral.
5: You know what, GA? We should probably keep that under wraps because, uh, you know, our friends over at twigandberries.ca, that's twigandberries.ca, uh, male underwear. Emporium online, they're going to actually probably going to go out and train a whole army of cats, I would <laughs> to, I imagine.
1: So they can sell more steal, underwears.
5: To steal men's underwear, like that would be brilliant.
1: You know what could really be a great PR gig for them is once they follow this story on the Facebook and they find out who the actual victim is of this heinous crime, they could supply that guy with some underwears and get the viral, you know what I'm saying? You understand where I'm going?
2: I'm
5: getting the virus. I get that. That is actually a really good idea and uh, you know what, I'm surprised, I am shocked that you actually thought of it before. <laughs> Well, I did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So am I. And it's too bad you gotta go. Ciao for now.
5: I will leave, but in the immortal words of Garfield the cat, if you want to appear smarter, hang around somebody stupider.
0: <laughs> she's tiny. How old is she? She's uh, over a year. She's a Morkie, Maltese, Yorkie. She won't get any bigger. She's like five pounds. Wow. She doesn't know she's <laughs> a because she was raised by a lady.
3: People who do show dogs only she got on the recessive genes, so nobody wanted
1: her. Aww. That's a nice way of saying she's ugly, is that weird?
3: <laughs> so she, she doesn't understand she's a dog. She acts all weird and freaks out when we go for walks and doesn't know what a bird is and just kinda odd. Go to your room.
1: <laughs> At the kitchen table with Parker Thompson, Parker Thompson Racing Co. Inc Incorporated. So, how have things been going, then?
0: Really successful season. I mean, uh... We're still leading the championship. We're actually now tied for the championship, which gets a little complicated. We had a a bit of a rough patch in the last race there at Road America. That's so we're in Elhart, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Okay, um, is that is a good track? A really nice track. Yeah, four wow. miles long, over four miles long. So, so what's the standard track? Standard track's two and a half. Okay. So, so why
1: is how can that be in the same circuit of racing if it's so long?
0: That's what I would think too. But it's just uh, it's kind of the one off. It's America. It's called Road America. It's kind of America's premium racetrack. Um, and it's four miles long, that's its, uh, that's its key to it. What went wrong? You know, well, with the track being four miles long, you look at a practice, uh, and you get uh, you know, 20, 30 minutes in practice, well, if you have a couple red flags and your track's four miles long, we only did about eight laps before we had to qualify, and we had two practice sessions. That's all the laps we got on the track. Uh, so we're kind of shortchanged on practice laps, didn't get it dialed in for qualifying, and then had a couple motor problems throughout uh, the race, which just didn't treat us too well, so we came away with a fifth and a third, which is still pretty good, Uh, we salvaged some good points for the championship. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, my home race in Toronto. So home race, it's a five-hour flight. But uh, you know what? It's cool to be in Canada again and to represent Canada on the Mazda Road You'll be awesome.
1: Awesome. Well, best of luck.
0: Oh, thank you very much.
1: Now, Drive to Stay Alive is your other endeavor. uh, Talking to kids about distracted driving. And we've had a couple of horrific accidents around this area again. So it's more important than ever what you do. You've got the summer off because the kids are obviously off. But how was the tail end of the season for your distracted driving talks.
0: Really good. Uh, you know, big news for Drive to Stay Live we signed on two awesome new partners. Uh, so we signed on all service insurance brokers from Red Deer, and we also signed on Intact Insurance. So they're on board for the the end of that, don't year.
1: insurance companies then, hate each other? How does that work?
0: Uh, well, one's in a brokerage, and okay. one's an insurance company, okay. so we're it's good. I got a partnership, together. yeah, nice, uh, really good and awesome. And that makes it a
1: natural partnership,
0: it really obviously. is. Yeah. And you know what? We're doing some forms so students can sign a form, and uh, we'll see what comes of that. But you know, intact insurance and all services insurance are very forward thinking, they want to get get kids safer on the roads, protected, yeah, exactly. So it's going to be awesome. And I can't wait for next year to fire back up again um, in Toronto. We're actually doing some activation, so I'm actually bringing out some high school students. Students that are off school, they'll come out in the pits and hang out with me a little bit, learn a little bit about distracted driving, but mostly chill out and learn about racing. That's fantastic. Yeah, it'll be What an exciting
1: thing. So a good time to plug the rest of your sponsors, the guys that were in on the ground floor.
0: Yes. uh, So Wayburn Energy, uh, obviously with racing, Silver Lake RV. Uh, I can't thank It's a Show podcast enough for all they do for me. They're a great group of guys. Open, Open highway, highway, yeah, for sure. They're fantastic. I use their screens in our presentations, and you know what? Uh, that has boosted my social media. Huge. I, oh, it's unbelievable how much that's done for me. So can't thank them enough. Uh, it
1: works twofold actually, because at the event the interaction is there and the engagement with the students, and then you get the outside benefit that lasts longer with the
0: exactly. social media traction. One thing we really worked hard to do is not be a helicopter presentation. We don't want to be someone that comes in and leaves, and then the Kids forget about it. Right. Uh, with our presentations, we want to leave a long, long-lasting impact to them, and, and we do that through social media. It's kind of the new world, new age, and Open Highways definitely helped us uh, tenfold in that department.
1: And I cut you off. Is there another sponsor?
0: we got a lot of sponsors. If you want to do racing sponsors, Wayburn Energy, Silver Lake RV, Uber are our three big ones. Uh, so can't thank them enough for uh, getting me back in the race seat this year, and we'll see what happens.
1: When we last spoke, Parker, you were on your way to Finding Dory.
0: Yes. <laughs> you know what? I went, we can't, for five days at the Pinocchio Stampede. I really enjoy stampedes a lot.
1: Really? Yeah. Awesome. So. Okay. So let's talk about that for a yeah, second. For yeah, sure. So did you have a chance to see the uh, Clint Black concert and the Dallas Smith concert? I saw
0: the Dallas Smith. Couldn't see the Clint Black with graduation. Right. That's stuff going on, but so saw you, the Dallas. You, Graduated. I did. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Right on. You're I a free man. It. I know. Yeah. So that's another <laughs> How big thing.
1: Is huge is that a pretty huge, honestly. Because um, yeah. you spent all that time, you know, developing your business and practicing racing and, and checking out tracks and doing the simulator, and then you had to do all your schoolwork yeah. on top of it. Not unlike a, probably a WHL player.
0: Yeah. Honestly, know. I, I mean, I can, I can relate to them with the pressures that they had and all the stuff that they had going on. But it was definitely tough to balance. Drive to stay live, Balance racing Balance working out yeah. Balance a teenager's life Plus Because you work out
1: relentlessly Right?
0: Yeah, every day With Absolute Fitness and Red Dude They've got me on a, a pretty strict program So six yeah. days a week I'm in the gym nice. Hitting weights And hitting everything they got me doing um, So to balance life Was definitely hard there for a while uh, But amazing school At uh, St. Gabriel's Online Cyber School I probably wouldn't have graduated Without right. them And so you know four. what? Graduated with really good grades. I think. What's your GPA? I didn't have grades much below ninety throughout all high school. Nice. It was like high eighties. um So that, being on the road as much as I am, and and being busy with other stuff, and to be honest, I didn't focus in school a whole bunch. I focused in it when I had to focus in it, but I mean, I had a lot of. I get what you're
1: saying. Yeah, you listen between the lines. You're brilliant.
0: No, I'm not. <laughs> I studied hard, but St. Gabriel's online school helped me succeed. Honestly, if it wasn't for them, if I had to go 10 regular school, I probably with <laughs> would not have no major in the time. Mentorship is so. key and that.
1: I mean, that continues throughout life. They always say, you know, always find yourself a mentor with whatever your new endeavor is. For sure. And uh, I've been lax at that, but I'm kind of doing that now in my yeah. late late 40s.
0: Well, Gary V. He yeah, always, Gary V he got me hooked on you. Yeah, Gary
1: v. Gary v is just It's the same message over and over in a different entertaining way, but it's starting to sink in finally after watching them for two years.
0: Perfect. Good yeah. for
1: you. So, uh, Pinocchio Stampede was awesome, and you went to Finding Dory. Yep. Because you were forced by a forced bad girl, I imagine. Yeah. yeah. And it was good, though. It was all right. Well, what's your favorite movie? Like-
0: well, we just went and saw uh, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, and I can tell you, I probably annoyed the people in that movie theater because I was on the ground laughing
1: the I have no time. idea what that is. What is that? Oh my god! Is that gosh. like a YouTube you series? Are or? Gonna,
0: I'm going to buy you the tickets. You're going to see that tonight. <laughs> It is the funniest movie
1: One, two, three, get loose now Mom and dad, what's
5: going on here? Over the years at our family gathering You two show up
4: And you ruin it
5: I want you to bring a date To your sister's wedding We don't
0: want you showing up stag and riling each other up
4: We don't rile each other up We never get riled up
0: Yes, Zach Efron, which I don't even really like Zach Efron yeah. that much, but in this movie he's brilliant. And I can't remember the name of the other guy, but he's yeah. just as funny, and it's based on a true story. Really? You have to see this movie. You will laugh and laugh. Fantastic. And laugh.
1: Okay. It's on my list. Well, man, have a safe, awesome summer, and good luck in Toronto.
0: Thank you very much, Craig. <laughs> good to see you.
1: I think we got some good stuff in there.
0: Yeah. You're a brilliant editor.
1: Editor's note, just days after recording this episode of It's a Show podcast, our own Parker Thompson achieved a personal dream, a dream to win on Canadian soil, and he did it by topping a talented field of drivers on the mean streets of Toronto at the Indy. Thompson drove his number two Weyburn Energy Cape Motorsports with Wayne Taylor racing Van Diemen to the victory in the second race of the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship powered by Mazda Series, and as a result, has taken a 20-point lead in the championship standings and only two events. Remaining on the schedule The final of which is happening in September Congratulations Parker and good luck Pretty sure I was the good luck charm
0: It's a Show is recorded in front of a live studio audience
1: On the floor at the Jackpot Casino The world famous Jackpot Casino In beautiful downtown Red Deer And who do I run into but one Spandy Andy and his lovely bride-to-be, Shimmy Kimmy. Hi, guys. Hey. Congratulations. Thanks. Thank you. We're in love. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been watching your Twitter. I know how in love you are.
0: It's a show. It's oh, recorded in front of a yeah, live so studio audience. on Twitter.
3: You don't want to
1: know. <laughs> We are heading outside, so we can uh, do this quick catch-up interview on it. it's the show podcast outside in the beautiful new parking lot that they created for the jackpot casino you got to check this out this is world class i know you're world travelers but you've never seen a parking lot quite like this
4: oh huh? brand new in the middle. You,
1: you guys will be the first interview in this parking yes. lot ever and it's a beautiful day out. let's go let's run let's get crazy let's morning. go oh. Oh. Oh bandy and shimmy can't keep up to me because i'm in such great shape yeah well, nice. That's brand new great. bench oh
3: taking a load off hey, you do have what it takes to be a dancer that was called the running man <laughs> that was the running man yeah i've seen you do that on the spot yeah <laughs> all right well welcome back to your hometown how's it going thanks good it's good to be back we've um, got to see friends and go to all the nice spots and the sun's been out and we're dancing at Bower Ponds, catching Pokemon. That's the latest craze right now. Okay,
1: I want to talk about that now. July's been a huge month for you guys because you've been Pokemon going, Yeah. you juice cleansed, <laughs> you got engaged. What's up, hey, what's hey, up? There's a Spandy Pan right there. Before we get to the Pokemon Go, <laughs> let's talk about meeting
3: Kimmy's parents. How did that Ooh. go, first time? <laughs> when I met her dad, he actually asked me how to do the moonwalk. <laughs>
4: And he called him Spanky Andy. (laughs) Because
3: he's like, Spanky Andy, show me how you do that moonwalk. Not Spanky,
4: Dad. Please don't call him Spanky.
3: (laughs) That's only for her to call me. I stayed with them for a whole month, so they really got to know me, and they accepted me for the weirdo I am. Yeah. They're a couple weirdos themselves, so it worked out quite well. We're all weird. Our parents are weird. Our siblings are weird. We're weird. Yeah. So embrace that weirdness. They embraced mine, and now we're a big weird family. (laughs)
4: You've
3: been around the world, man. I'm looking at your website. Upcoming appearances, like... So I just came back from Baku, and I was just updating this because my next stop is... Brazil. I know, you're going for the Olympics. Yeah, so we're heading out in one week. We're going during the Olympics. We're filming a commercial for Budgie Smuggler, a swimsuit company. Out of Australia, and I'll be dancing at Copacabana Beach for the first like three days of the the Olympics.
1: This is so insane. Okay, so you just got back from Baku, Ab- Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. Yes.
3: Azerbaijan. <laughs> where is that? It's next to Russia. I guess it used to be part of Russia, and then what happened was they split off, and they were hosting the European F1. So it's right where East meets West. They say because it's the edge of Europe and Russia. Right. So it was a very unique. Experience. It was a Muslim country celebrating Ramadan while I was there, but it still went great. I danced at the event, and everybody embraced it, and it, it just showed that we can all come together to dance, like I always been been trying to do. No, no fear. You didn't have fear, any anxiety. I was a little worried at first, right, because this is a new place I've never been. But I was amazed at how accepting they were, and um, that was the news they actually reported on me as well at the f1 and all the people loved it it was something new to them kind of so that was really great to see that's fantastic I know some of the other exotic locales uh, you've been at. Alex, Alberta, uh,
1: Vermilion, where I used to go to Ag College. So, celebrated. Nice. Yeah,
3: I came from Baku to Vermilion. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a bit of a culture shock. Quite the hop.
1: <laughs> uh, recently, like earlier this year, you were in Christchurch, New Zealand. Yes. How many times
3: have you been to New Zealand, you guys? Twice. So, that was, we started the year there.
4: Yeah. Christchurch we, was a cool town because it was destroyed by the earthquake five years ago. So and it's still very much a ghost town. Really? Yeah, yes. it's a pretty interesting place.
3: Very unique. It was still had a lot of rebuilding to do you, even though it's all, it's been 5 years. It takes a lot. I guess they lost 80% of their downtown. Yeah. Wow,
1: yeah, I kind of remember, now that you're talking about it, I kind of remember that story. It's yeah. funny how the world works, because there's so many disasters and changes day to day today and now that we see them all on social media, yeah. it's like in and out. Okay, yeah, there. exactly.
3: there's yeah. pain and suffering there, okay, what's, yeah. what's happening today? Yeah, it's crazy how we see it every day, I'm wondering how that does affect us, because there's been a shooting every day now, so is that just normal? I hope not. Me You were in Edinburgh, Scotland, how did they treat you there? they love it the scottish <laughs> people are hilarious yeah they're they, crazy they have a great sense of humor and like if i can meet anybody that i try to get to dance a scottish person will do the like highlander kicks right and stuff it's pretty funny it's good to see sober or sober or drunk they'll I do i don't it.
4: think they're ever sober actually <laughs> no they're <laughs> so, never sober uh, yeah, we would never reputation know. reputation <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, you're in Vancouver for Buskerfest, and yeah, you got everything. I love this one tweet. I want to go to your Twitter, which is at SpandyAndy, and I, I don't know how to say that because I'm not hip enough. Is it Bay?
4: <laughs> Bay, yeah.
1: <laughs> Picked up Bay at the airport and surprised her with a new pair of panties.
3: Hashtag win win. <laughs>
4: <Yeah. laughs> that it. was just last night, actually. That was last yeah, night. Last oh, night. Oh,
2: right. So
3: oh, yeah. what happened was I had to pick her up from the airport because she was just in Texas, where she's from. I couldn't get flowers anywhere at Cross Iron Mills. I couldn't find flowers anywhere near the airport, but I found a store selling panties. <laughs> I thought that was the next best thing.
4: So he gave them to me in front of um, like police officers. There's these two police officers standing right at the entrance right. with the big hats on. I guess Are they rangers here? What do you guys call no. are they like And their faces were pretty priceless as I pull out this pair of panties
3: <laughs> yeah, at the
4: International um, Terminal.
3: But I thought it would be a nice little colorful surprise. Oh, this is your forever man, Kimmy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you guys set a date? Uh, we haven't. Set a
4: month. No, we went next summer, next July in Vancouver.
1: In Vancouver. Yeah. So is that
3: kind of going to be a little bit of a midpoint for all families? Yeah. Concerned? Yeah. Yeah. yeah
4: really- since
3: she's Texas, I'm Alberta, and we we both love the beauty of BC, and we think Vancouver is an international city where everybody would like to visit. Mm-hmm. We thought that would be a good place. We did live in Vancouver together for a year, so.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, my daughter's getting married uh, right away here
1: in oh, a couple congrats. of weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Here in Red Yeah, here in Red Deer. She's going to get married in Coronation Park at the bottom of the hill, right from here. Oh, and then cool. uh, the reception's at the Westerner at the Chalet there.
3: Wow. Oh, nice. I'm
1: sure you've danced in front of there. Thanks, Candy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see wedding planning already on social uh-huh. media. Yeah. If you want any insider trading information yeah, or tips, let me know
3: because there's some stress involved. I'm There not is gonna a lie lot of you.
4: stress, yeah.
3: I know already we have looked at, started looking at, like, what the man, the groom, the bride, everybody will be wearing. And that alone's already like, ah. Uh, can't,
1: can't come to a mutual decision.
3: Well, I want as much color as possible. He wanted like, it to be
4: the spectrum of the rainbow. So, like, you know, a girl <laughs> would be in red, orange, yellow. That's kind of cool. And then, yeah. yeah. Um, and so the we'll see how that thing. goes, yeah.
3: <laughs> We're gonna try to pull it off, but um, maybe baby it down a bit, and yeah. make, make it more Cinderella. You know what, I, I, we just had some stress breaking
1: today and I just talked to my daughter on the phone. And I said, you know what, at the end of the day, this is a celebration for you and your immediate friends and family. And there's going to be wrinkles, but we got to go with the flow because it's supposed to be a magical happy right. time, right? Yeah. yeah.
4: And most of the time, the people that are there attending the party don't even know about the wrinkles. No, so that's true. it's only you. And, and we got here?
3: wound up because of our personalities. Sort of. Yeah. Right. yeah, exactly. It's true. So. I think we're learning that the more important thing than the wedding is actually trying to find a home, though. So that's what we're trying to figure out. That's our next step. Yeah. is to Where try would you to like your home base to be? We can't both work in the same country right now, so. I, so she's an illegal immigrant right now. Well, she's yeah. legally allowed to visit, but sh- you can't pay her for this. Yeah, <laughs> you can pay me all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. <laughs> okay. There it is. It only took like uh, what uh, nine way. minutes and 51 seconds. <laughs> uh, I'll spend it all in the casino, but maybe I can double it up. <laughs> there you go, and then you can pay everybody. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. So yeah, you
3: got some considerations in that regard. You can work in the States. you have a visa? So I can get a certain visa, but it's very restrictive. So now that we're getting married, we're going to go through that new process. And I am going to do it in the States before we make her Canadian. We're first going to do the American one. Right. So it does look like we'll be moving down south for the next year to get all that established. Wow, well, good luck with that. I know you probably need a good lawyer mm-hmm.
4: to do that. Yeah, Are you yeah. lawyered up? Yeah,
3: lawyers. Yeah. And uh, luckily with marriage, though, it's she can sponsor me because she's a citizen and she can sponsor a family member and I become a family member when I'm a spouse. So, like, it isn't too bad once this all happens. It takes a year and maybe a thousand bucks. That's not too bad. Yeah. yeah. It's not too bad. Yeah. To a couple medical checks. Yeah. yeah, I have to do an interview just like this. Yeah. Hopefully I pass. Hopefully he yeah, exactly. Well, he doesn't
4: listen to anything I say. So they'll probably be like, what's her favorite color? I don't know. What's her favorite food? No idea. What's she good at? Uh, yes. Complaining.
1: Again, this is your forever, man. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, you know, if you ask me my wife's favorite color or anything, we've been married 27 years this fall. <laughs> or is it 28?
0: I'm not sure. I never, I never listened. You're already in trouble before you get <laughs> yeah, to the color. Exactly.
1: <laughs> now let's go back full circle. and Let's talk about Pokemon Go. It's the phenomenon that's sweeping the globe, literally. Yeah. I think the first stat I heard was a million people were playing, and then like two days later it was nine million around the world. Now yeah. I have no idea what it is, but my kids are heavily invested, and the first thing I did as an old fart, turn up my nose, and go, what the hell is this? Then I listened to them, they started explaining it, and I see all the benefits I've never seen this
3: town so alive with so many people outside. Yeah. I know. It's brought people out and brought people together. It's crazy, but like yeah, I, I like the community building aspect of it cuz I've been down to Bower Ponds and I'm meeting people and people are like spandy and like I'm like what team are you on and it's a positive thing because it's a game and it's fun.
4: People are being active, probably way yeah. more than Oh,
3: they they're have. putting on the miles. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, and
4: that's So necessary. Yeah,
3: I think life should be a big video game, really. You should get points for all your experience and different things, right?
1: You know what? You should run for politics because that is an interesting idea. Uh, Local businesses are benefiting from this craze too because they make themselves pokey stops or they are pokey stops unbeknownst to them until they figure it out how it all works and uh, churches are bringing people in and...
4: Yeah, it's pretty incredible
3: yeah the churches all got to be like stops in my yeah. neighborhood so like yeah I mean, embrace it accept it right because a and lot of then, people have never set foot anywhere close to a church and, and like I was walking around by the church in my neighborhood and I saw a girl walking with her and I was like Pokemon you know and it's like yeah and it's that intro to, and you'd never regularly talk to the person so yeah and I know my son and
1: his girlfriend and my younger daughter all went out and my son ended up making a couple of new buddies that he's never nice. seen
3: before not from his school
2: yeah. right, And right, you know how
3: cool awesome. is that. Exactly, that's the best So, and it's got a bigger community than Twitter supposedly, like it got bigger yeah. than that. overnight. Wow.
1: And so. coincidentally the same week that we, all this Pokemon Go stuff started, they released a new retro game box.
3: Yeah, and they're releasing all kinds of sold out stuff, like there is going to be a wristband made by them that calculates your steps and then it goes towards hatching Pokemon. That's so.
1: awesome yeah. and evolving them and then whatever. Yeah.
3: Everybody can complain about us all staring at our phones still a little bit but that's part of the game. It's the tool in the game that connects us. And we're
1: staring at the phones anyway. anyway
3: yeah, exactly. You know?
1: So true, you know, so you might so
3: as well make it a communal stare. The one negative part is the,
1: you know, you see the news stories about the crazy people shooting at kids on their lawn, and why does this kind of stuff happen? And I want to know with a person like you who puts themselves out there, and you by association, can be, there's some negative with him, I, I can imagine. You know, Mm -hmm. so how do you handle that? How do you steel yourself against that? And do you think, is it changing? Do you feel it
3: changing? Well, yeah, everybody either can, like, either accept me or reject me. It's kind of like Pokemon Go, you know? Like, some people loved it, and then there's the haters. And, like, Justin Bieber, there's lovers and haters. And I find the better you're doing, the more haters you're going to have. Right. So, actually, by having haters, it shows that I'm doing the right thing still. And um, I find that the power of positivity is so much greater than negativity. And another way you can relate that is if you're happy and celebrating, you have energy. If you're sad and depressed, you're low on energy. So I find my positive energy can actually really defeat any negative right away. There's no way to battle happiness. Very well put. I
1: was just out at Canyon Ski Hill today having a meeting with those guys, and they were telling us about the process. Just uh, last three years, they've been hiring Australians. Some of them have master's degrees, PhDs, master wow. carpenters. They just want to come to Canada and experience it and work and pay enough for their rent and... And beer money. And she said one of the happy byproducts is they're so enthusiastic and love Canada and love the park and love what they're doing that it spreads out to the rest of the staff. Their turnover with staff went from 25% to 2%
3: after they hired the Aussies. Wow, because it made the environment at work that much better. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what you're doing. So, when it's
4: kind of you know, it is as many bad things are happening, something good always does come out of the bad. Like I'm from Dallas, and just a few weeks ago, we had five officers shot, and I just went back to Dallas last week. I wasn't there when this you know tragedy happened, but the whole community felt different to me. Everybody was close. Everybody was doing something for everybody else, not just police officers. People are going out of their way to help people because I think they realize that there needs to be more of this. There it's needs a
1: reality to be more, check. Yeah, yeah, we need
4: more love. We need more happiness to everybody, not just to, to officers or it's any true, sort of group. Yeah. It, it needs to just be a, a, a widespread sort of thing. And I, I felt it last week when I was there.
1: We really have a tendency to think about ourselves too much. And, mm-hmm. and once you start thinking about others and in your line of work you're thinking about others all the time making sure yeah. they're having a great time your life just gets better by right. yeah.
4: Totally.
3: You know Yeah, exactly. And my actual story comes from tragedy because it was my grandma being a Holocaust survivor and showing me to be thankful for what I have, the simple things, and appreciating life so much. And I was like, how can I show that I always appreciate it by dancing and celebrating it and being thankful for that freedom? So it does even come from tragedy. So it's unfortunate, like, Christchurch became closer as a community as well because of tragedy. So it is like a way of realization for the people to hopefully change and with social media maybe we that's a tool that connects us helps connect us like pokemon go so i think we are getting better and better in leading in the right we're direction. getting more
1: perspective i think we're evolving
3: look at this we got three pokemon is right here i've got you any money oh no wow. they're probably getting ahead of me i'm yeah.
1: gonna have to go <laughs> I it noticed is. most of the interview, your legs were going because you yeah, want to dance. And yeah. I was going to ask you, uh, can you teach me some kind of secret move for the, uh, yeah. so when I'm dancing at the wedding, I look like, uh, you know, right. I got the goods.
3: Yeah, so I stew her dad wanted the moonwalk, but that took like a couple years of training. <laughs> Maybe we'll go something a little easier. little easier, simpler, yeah. You know, so do you know the classics, like the sprinkler and stuff?
1: I've seen you do it. I don't know if I've yeah. ever done it before. You won't be able to do it while holding okay. that. I don't know. Actually, Okay. I have a a single-handed move you can do. Okay, I'm going to shut this off and we're going to film this. Editor's note, that went well. You can see it in all its glory on our It's a Show Pod Facebook page. And now, the stunning conclusion of my interview with author Paul Derry inside a police informant's mind. The one last thing I wanted to ask you just on a personal note, how is your health? Like, I mean, stress kills people and causes all kinds of internal damage from what you went through. If that was me, I'd be freaking wrecked.
2: I had a heart attack two weeks before the first trial.
1: Oh, God. Yeah, I can imagine, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, in 2004, the the trial that was hardest was against the Hells Angel, the main guy that ordered the contract killing. Or my partner at the time, who was his underling, he was Wayne James. He was my cousin. Well, he's married to my cousin. So, right. So I was testifying against family and the Hells Angel. So I was dividing my whole family. I'm not sure which caused me more stress the fact that my family was divided against me but either way two weeks before the trial I had a heart attack and they had to put the trial off as a matter of fact until I got out of the hospital so a little better now but that's life I mean I I lived a stressful life I did a lot of operations that's the one that went bad the second book talks about a lot of the other operations where I was stuck in hotel rooms with hitmen. that you know back when we only had pay phones to run to and uh, much different day back then. <laughs> wow,
1: man, that's unbelievable. So, what about Wayne, your cousin?
2: He got 20 25 years. Uh, it's funny. I was just looking at pictures because because my uncle died, I I was on uh, I went on Facebook and creeped some of my family and they had pictures of of him, you know. Those are the things I think about those things. And those are private hurts, but they pale in comparison to knowing that a man died and he had two children, right? And so we chose the lifestyle we're in. We all did. But those children didn't choose the lifestyle. They didn't choose for their father to be a part of that world, you know. And when you look at all the people that suffered out of it, it's, uh, you know... But those are the things they talk about to to police groups, right? The human side of it, the, the victim side of it. I just spoke at a source handling course two weeks ago, and there was probably 50 cops there. All They were going to be agents, not informant handlers. And uh, yeah, with the training they've got, I, I, I think they're doing exceptional training compared to what they did back when I started. So, you know, if somebody's getting into this line of work, and they're going to go into source, you know, source handling or even undercover operations, any kind of, even working on the drugs Squad. You're going to deal with informants. So the training they have now for them is, is like a hundred percent better than, you know, back in my day, it was like grab a case of beer, go to the hotel room and let's talk about it. Now they're trying to do more of that. Like I remember coming out of one meet where I had, I was wearing a wire, the recorder went down my pants and the probes were wires that came up and were just under my nipples. So I don't know, he must have thought I had really hard nipples because the probes are right there and he felt right over them. It was a stressful moment. And then there was a, another time where uh, Bobby Milton, one of the most dangerous Hells Angels I've ever met, they, he broke into my house to kill me. He was there, got it on wire that he was there to shoot me. Uh, wow. Two meets before that, he had me out in the woods and he was hitting me in the back of the head with a nine millimeter telling me he should leave me right there in the woods. Those are some stressful moments.
1: <laughs> so so when he when he tells you he's there to kill you in the in the room or whatever, how did you get out of that one?
2: Uh, Well, there was two times that he was was going to kill, three times actually that Bobby was going to kill me. Once was out in the woods, once was in a, because I wouldn't give him my gun, that was in in a club. The other was, I was in the apartment and it was all wired, so he phoned first and said he was on his way over to give me, he was telling me in code that he was bringing me teeth for my gun, bullets for my gun. He said, oh, I'm going to bring you over some teeth I found. It was really weird for Bobby to come to that side of the city. He would never, he'd always have me come over there. And I knew there was something wrong and we had just got a really good intercept on the wire the day before and he had admitted to me in a, about a previous murder in 1985. And the next morning that same murder was a cold case on the front page of the Halifax paper.
1: Oh my God. By
2: coincidence. Totally by coincidence. No way. And he just happened to, yeah, and he just happened to admit to the murder hours before like 10 hours before that paper came out. He automatically thought that I was a rat right then and there. So he came he was coming over to kill me. And once he got in the apartment, he calls the clubhouse and tells them that I'm not there. And uh, they get it all in wire because my house is wired. My phone is wired. So he broke into the house. They got me out of the house because they knew he was coming over and it was suspicious. They got me to a safe house. He came in. Then they had a the couple of patrolmen come in and just take him to cells as if they caught him breaking in. And they hit him out. And then I they asked me to do one more meet with the Hells Angel that he called that actually ordered the hit on me. So I had to go meet that guy and do one more meeting with him to try and get one more intercept after that. So oh that was probably my most stressful meeting ever.
1: God, man. Oh, my that's incredible
2: they actually show that one in the documentary and and it's pretty accurate I'll say not a lot of the documentary it's a lot of it's dramatized and they make me look a little weird they got me in some kind of plaid jacket and looking kind of goofy but whatever <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, the stress level I mean because you can't even walk around your nothing. own place because you're monitored all the six time
2: mu- yeah six months like that it was insane me and my wife learned to fight very quietly it was so stressful that the, when they were trying to tape the probes on my chest that the tape wouldn't stick because I I was sweating so bad. It took them a good hour just to get me wired up to go to this meet. And then I had to walk down this gauntlet of SWAT teams. The earth teams were up on the roofs already. They were already in place because he was already inside the club. So they were going to take him down as soon as he came out. I had to walk down, and they were already all in place. So I'm seeing all these police officers everywhere. And, I mean, they're literally on the roof. There's a sniper and, the, you know, the undercover cars everywhere. And I've got to walk this whole... It's probably a quarter of a mile to the bar and then go into the bar, meet him. He's got full colors on him in a biker bar. And I've got to go over and give him this fake warrant that has his name on implicating him in the murder and try to get a response out of him. And I remember I went to pick up the beer. Uh, he ordered me a beer as soon as I came in and I went to pick the beer up and my hand was just shaking. So I put the beer back down again because I didn't want him to see how nervous I was. But uh, yeah, that was a scary moment.
1: Your body is involuntarily convulsing and, and stressing out because you your brain's telling it, this is a crazy situation. And so you could, it, it'd yeah. be very difficult to control your bodily actions.
2: Well, yeah. And now, you know, everybody's outside waiting. And the second you walk out that door, literally there was probably 50 cops outside. And I'm inside. Everybody in the bar is biker or biker associated. He says to me, and then, of course, at the last minute when he reads this thing, he says, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, uh-oh. And he starts, he takes his helmet and starts heading towards the door, and I'm thinking, I'm going to get stuck in here with him getting busted outside. So... I took a big gulp of my beer and then took off around him and out the door ahead of him and as soon as I went out the door I could see cops from everywhere just converging on me and I literally didn't know which way to run. I looked to the left and then I went to the right and I thought I was going to get hit by one of the cars coming in at me and all I could hear was uh, yelling on the ground on the ground and all these guns pointed at us so I just kind of ducked off to the right and uh, as they took him down but I was never so happy for an operation to end. I mean that wasn't wasn't my first operation but it was one I was happy in Everybody's got a story. You, you've you got a story. I mean, I just quickly looked over your stuff. CMT, the people you've met. Write a, you've got lots of stuff you could write about.
1: Who cares, really? <laughs> like I didn't save anybody's life or go to prison or nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a stupid TV show for two years, that's all. <laughs>
2: yeah, but you know what? You got to meet people. You talk about the things that, that you learned out of it. You still learn lessons daily, right? Every day you learn something.
1: That's a true story right? for you sure.
2: Learn, you learn something. Every time you meet somebody okay, you just met me today, you just learned something. Everybody has something that they can take out of that and write in a book because people want to hear that. Not everybody gets to meet me.
1: It's true, man. It's perspective. And, and uh, I had a pretty good ride in broadcasting, and I did some crazy things just because I said, why not? Let's try this and yeah. see if it works. And uh, I guess it's just putting it into words, and then as soon as you get a book, you can become a speaker is essentially how it goes, right?
2: You, you can become a speaker even beforehand. Just but the books increase your value. That's all. Yeah, it's for- just about deciding I want to do it, right?
1: I've forgotten half the people I've interviewed, so I'm going to have to really think about it. One of my favorites was Buddy Epson, who was uh, Jed Clampett on the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, 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 The whole time I'm talking to him, all he- and he's about 100 at this time. This is about eight, year- eight <laughs> nine years ago. And the- all he keeps saying is, BuddyEpson.com. He keeps shilling his website, so I know he's got like some kind of young manager or whatever who's just, that was his main thing. As long as I knew about BuddyEpson.com, he'd talk about anything. I <laughs> do
2: yeah, the, You know what? I don't I don't even pitch my books. I, I honestly don't. I, I figure whoever's gonna look for them will look for them. I mean, wherever it's gonna go, it's gonna go. I mean the beautiful thing about my book is all it's more psychology. It's all relationship, right? It's the relationship, although I'm talking about events that took place, I'm talking about it in a relational way in a lot a lot of the places, you know, how me and Mike handled it together. I mean it's this marriage as we go through.
1: We could sit down and have a cocktail for about six hours, I think, and be awesome.
2: I'll bring you a signed copy of uh, treacherous with me. Don't order
1: it. Okay, man. Have a great day. Thanks very much for this.
2: No problem, Greg. Take
1: care. Bye, Paul.
0: I'm Cassie Hotpants Suresh saying thanks for listening to this week's epic episode of It's a Show with Greg Shannon. We're here 24-7, 365 at It's a Show Pod on iTunes and Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
1: Never work in this town again. <laughs>
5: Right on. To quote Chancey Gardner, I like to watch. <laughs> In the immortal words of Inspector Jacques Clouseau, I would like to take a closer look at your balls. Bowls. <laughs> Bowls. <laughs> <Bowels>. Your balls. <laughs> Love me, feed me, never leave me. You know, Greg, uh, chatting with you reminds me of the immortal world. In the immortal world... In the morph... Sorry. Okay, Greg, thanks so much for your time. Okay. All right. Okay, I'm going. But in the immortal world... (laughs) Okay, in the immortal... In the immortal words... Okay, Greg. Okay, Okay, Greg. In the immortal world... Okay i've never had so much i've never had so much trouble <laughs> saying the word words
2: before <laughs> oh you're an official broadcaster uh. bows <laughs>